What's going on, guys? Is episode two of Growing Up Differently. So, in the previous um, previous podcast, we sort of talked about my journey as a young kid. Um, you know, those abandonment sort of stuff, as my my dad not being around when I was sort of two, and all those type of things, and then leading into high school. Um, you know, domestic violence and how all that sort of shaped me to go into that high school and come out the back end of it and sort of um, you know put a lot of put a lot of pressure on me as a, as a kid younger um, you know you, you create those insecurities very very young and you hold on to them for the rest of your life um, the things you see you know those graphic things they get stuck in your head as a kid and, and they're in your ingrained in your head for a long period of time because you've never really dealt to deal with them so we went through all that sort of part and you sort of got an idea of like, okay, this is this is where he is at coming towards the end of his high school. And now we're going to dive into sort of um, a next sort of uh, huge, huge part of my life that really changed me for a long time and not for good. This one changed me for the worse. Um, went through some very bad times, hard times, bad thoughts, bad relationships, bad processes. Uh, were in place all the time, and it was reoccurring. It was like I was running on a running on a treadmill for a good eight to ten years. So we won't dive into that. So welcome to episode two. And um, just off the back of that little chat, we are going to go into where we uh, finished off was coming out of high school. So we came out of high school, you know, and I, as I was saying, was playing um, went straight into playing first grade football or rugby, rugby union. Um, come from New Zealand. Which was awesome because, again, that was another sort of thing in my life where I was like, I'm somebody. I come out of school, see? I don't need to, don't even need to try at school. I can just go out and do what I want. And that was the attitude. It was like, look at me. I'm good at this. This is going to be my life. So, you know, playing first grade, I was working at the time, living with mates, having a good time. Um, you know, nothing was really as I thought at the time. I was like, yeah, this, this is a great life, you know, earning money. And rugby, 18, 19, and I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Um, and you do get stuck in that. That becomes, especially growing up in New Zealand, like if, you're, if you've been sort of told that you're a decent rugby player or this and that, and you sort of get that ingrained into you, and you're like, okay, this is me. I don't need to do anything else. And, um, you know, it's a trap for a lot of young men in New Zealand because making your bucks is... As anyone knows, is like going to the Olympics, or it's been the, physically the best at something on the on the on the whole planet or in your country. You know, I mean, especially for New Zealand, which is such a such a, a talent pool is is ridiculous over there. So, I was playing rugby, you know, and a couple of years in, um, I'm going to go into this little next transition. Is this is where my life changed, maybe forever, um, and I've been stuck in this way for fucking that long. I wish I got help way faster. I almost brings a tear to my eye talking about it because I was like, man, he was such a good kid and he just fucking didn't have the help or the guidance at the right time. But we're going to go into it and um, if I do start fucking tearing up, then that's what it is. So I was at the races, you know, watching the horse races couple of friends we're having a good time big party it was awesome um i was 20 at the time and um like i said as a 20 year old nothing's really 
there's no dramas in the world. Just having a good time, drinking, partying. We had a great day. And I ended up, we ended up going um, back to our house, which is flat. So if you know what the flat is, you know, we were flatting with all our friends. Had about four friends. My old man had been ringing me all day. And I was going, nah, decline. Like, I'm, 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 I'm on the beers with the boys. Like, um, I'm not answering the phone right now. And he rang again and again and again. And I was going, didn't really think too much of it. I was like, whatever, at the time. I ended up going home and he rang again and I answered the phone. My, my, literally, my heart's beating right now because it feels like that fucking real. And I'll never, it's one of those things you'll never forget in your life. But I answered the phone, I was in my bedroom. <clears throat> and he goes, What are you doing? And I was like, Oh, I've just been out the races. Just got home. Um, he was like, I've got something to tell you. Um, and I was a bit of silence. I was like, oh, come on, mate, spit it out. <laughs> Your mum's passed away. There was a silence, I reckon, for about 30 seconds. I remember I, I can picture myself staring at the wall in my bedroom. I knew what phone I had in my hand. I knew I was dressed and still was that fucking vivid. And I just fucking broke down. Uh, I think I punched a hole in the wall. Started fucking screaming. Um, started crying. My mates came in and I told them. Now, lucky for me at this time, I look back now, I had a bunch of very good friends. They're still my friends today. Um, and they were able to calm me down at that time because who who knows what would have happened if I was in a different environment and in a different situation. Like who who really knows what, what how your brain thinks? But when you're around people that that are very close to you, understand who you are as a person. Um, you know they calm me down and they, and they you know they, they, we got in the car and they drove me up to my dad's house. And that was sort of like I said that was a. There was a moment in my life where it literally changed something in me for forever, um, and it wasn't, and it was definitely not good. Um, so yeah, we ended up driving out out there, and I, I obviously spent a lot of my time out in my back in my country town in Tiamudu, uh, where I grew up, um, you know, with dad and family, and funerals, quick turnaround, like sort of a week. All that sort of stuff. So going through that as a as a twenty year old, um, my mum, she passed away from a brain aneurysm, um, which is, you know, back then there wasn't as much technology around to sort of pick up on them, and I think you can clip them and stuff now, and, and things like that, and and the brain scans and stuff these days are just just the technology. You know, fifteen almost fifteen years down the track is is much more advanced now. So back then. Yeah, if you have one and you sort of didn't get it checked out or something, you know, it pretty much means that your brain just explodes. Um, the luckiest part for me, uh, I look back now, and the luckiest part for me is was not to go home and find mum like that. Um, I think that would have been a much harder journey, having that sort of graphic stuff um, instilled in your head. So I was fortunate that, obviously, that, that didn't happen to me. But 
so the next sort of stuff where, you know, the next hardest part was the funeral and you, you go through all of these different types of emotions. Um, for me, I was that week leading up to it. Um, like I, I just don't remember thinking about much. It was just, it was like a lot of emptiness. Um, there wasn't much sort of, wasn't much going on for that first sort of week to 10 days, you know. Um, and then after the funeral, that's when I sort of started losing it a little bit because um, that was that was like the final sort of see like put the coffin in the ground and fucking that's it, is it? Like how has this happened to me at 20? And if you listen to those words there, those were the person who I used to be like, why, why me? Why, what, this doesn't happen to me. I've got bad luck and all this stuff. And then that's what I got stuck in. That was who I was as a person for so long. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't anyone's fault. It's not anyone's fault. It's just what life had planned for me. And at the time, there was no one around to sort of explain to me that it's, you know, not your fault and you couldn't have done anything or, you know, you don't have bad luck. It's just a part of part of life and you've been dealt these cards and, you know, we need to work through it as much as possible. There's no one around like that because, you know, 15 years ago with mental health and even in guys with mental health, it just wasn't like that. It was like, oh, you'll be sweet. Well, you fucking won't be sweet. I'll tell you that much for free. There's nothing sweet about that situation. Um, and, you know, I know other people have been through this stuff too and, and around that same time and you, you do go off the rails. As much as I'd like, like to think that I didn't go off the rails, um, yeah, uh, I did. When I say go off the rails, I don't mean, you know, like my whole, I lost everything. I lost my whole life or anything because, no, I didn't do that. But I started partying a lot. Um, I was still playing rugby. I was partying lots. You know, I ended up getting a, a good contract in England to play at the time. You paid like, really good money. No one knows too much about this story. And you know, I was playing over there and drinking and partying and, you know, um, you know, going out with chicks and doing all this type of stuff, um, which wasn't really who I was, to be honest. Um, but it was just a massive cover-up to be like, look, I'm sweet. And a lot of people knew that I was going through those tough times. And I talk to people now from back in the day, and they were sort of like, well, that's just, you know, that was his coping mechanism with it all and, you know, can do it for a while and I sort of come back from England and um, yeah that's where it sort of it kept going uh, everyone was like oh you know it seems like he's all good and you know had money and things like this and, and that was the easy part it was so easy just to go out and drink and party and you know do your daytime job and play rugby and it was it was the rugby still was that sort of I suppose that me hiding behind all my issues. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about, you know, going through that that little bit of a tough time because lots of people go through this. They go through it at different times. Some people, these lose kids, some lose mums, some lose, you know, dads, brothers, sisters, all sorts. It comes in all different, um, different ways, uh, losing people. But we go back to that first episode and there's that abandonment sort of thing. So... You know, I already, I already, I'd already been abandoned uh, once in my life. And that's not, 
I don't mean as in like no one loved me or anything like that. It's just someone left you. That was an important part of your life. And then all of a sudden I get to 20 and, and my mum passes away and I had this like, I've lost someone again. Like I've lost that person. Like that, like that was like my, my whole world was my mum. I grew up with her. We were very close. We had very similar personalities and outlooks on things and we used to communicate a lot. I've always been a big communicator. So when I lost that, I lost a, like a, a, not only just a best friend, but I, I lost a safe place. When you lose a safe place, it becomes fucking dangerous. You have no one around to sort of to check in on you and things like that and, you know, deep down know who you are as a person and all that. And that, and that became quite hard and I started sort of relying on, I suppose, other females to try and do that. Um, and I'd bring, I'd bring girls in. Um, you know, and I get really, really close to them, and then I'd push them away. I'd bring them in, and then I'd can push them away again. And, like, these girls are such like lovely humans, and um, that was my coping mechanism. Was like, I need someone around? I, was like, I need someone to fill that void. You know what I mean? For so long, and um, and that was me suppressing that. It was that was it? I'd bring girls in, you know. Go out with them, get another one, and they just used to fill this void inside me that um, it was, and all it was was just a loss, a loss of I felt abandoned my whole life. And this kind of that's going to resonate with a hell of a lot of guys, um, whether or not you're like, nah, um, I was just a ladies' man or whatever. You weren't. You're fucking suppressing. It's not what you do. It's not how it works. And you can actually openly realize that, hey, man, that was. That was probably what I was doing as well. Then you'll have a different outlook on not only the females, females in general, but you're like, yeah, well, that's not who I am as a person. I was, I was just feeling, trying to fill that void of, of a loss. I talked about this with a, with a guy the other day and he's, he's got the same sort of thing. So that was that sort of transition there was really, really hard. And I came back from England and... Um, you know, was playing rugby, you know, I started playing, you know, really good rugby, I'd sort of figured out that, you know, it'd been a few years and uh, that transition of me sort of dealing with mum passing away, I was like, yeah, I think I'm dealing with this. I, I hadn't dealt with it at all, just suppressed, I was really good at suppressing stuff at this, by this point in my life, because I had a few things happen to me and seen some things, so I was like, okay, I'm good. So I started playing good and um, started um you know, um, hanging out with new friends and, you know, started opening up uh, a supplement store, with, obviously with Jake, who I live with now. And, you know, I was like, fuck, you know, I got my business, playing sport, like it's going great. But again, it was that if stuff got hard, I, I didn't know how to deal with actually dealing with it properly. I'd suppress it with other stuff. So again, when the business didn't go well, or, or if I thought we were thought it was doing really, really well, you know, we're spending money, stupid amounts of money, and didn't really know the concepts of business at that time, and you know, but it was it was almost like another sort of cover up of being like, look, look at me, I've got a business now, I'm 20 years old, playing rugby, rada rada rada, and everyone was like, oh, he's fucking killing it. And that's one thing I've always had in my life. Uh, even from my family, is 
don't worry about Hayden. He, he's, he'll always be sweet. I've always figured it out somehow. Like it's, and that's, I think, sometimes the worst part is what when people have this idea that you are always going to be fine and you'll deal with the hard shit and you'll deal with this because you've done it before, they automatically think that you're okay and you're doing well. When deep down, I was fucking battling for so long, for so many years, so many demons, so much bad shit going on that, you know, I just, I didn't actually want to actually tell them that I was doing bad because they always thought that I was doing great. And when someone, when you think people think you're doing really great in the world, it's a, it's not, it's a nice thing to think about. But yeah, the last thing you want to do is be like, I am struggling, especially at that age. You, the last thing you want to be is like, I haven't been doing very well for a long time. Um, so yeah, so that was sort of that little little bit of a transition period coming back from England, opening business. The business, you know, ended up ended up we ended up selling it, failing, pretty much failed because we didn't really know what we were doing. Uh, and then we went our own ways, and I continued to play rugby. And I, um, yeah, I uh, went back working for a bit, and then you know I still wanted to chase that rugby thing, so I just couldn't let it go. I couldn't let it go. I don't know why. I don't know why. Just couldn't let it go. So I ended up um, coming over to uh, Australia. And that's when I moved over. I was 20, 24. I moved over to Australia, play rugby, got a contract over here. Moved over here and um, obviously had a, a, a partner at the time who, who then became my wife. Um, we had two lovely children with her. We recently separated probably about nine months ago, which you know we'll, we'll talk about a bit more. Um, I'm not going to use her name and things like that or anything like that, um, but yeah, I will, we'll go into that because part of part of that is because I hadn't dealt with all this shit from the past. So, so the, so sort of the main thing that I want to sort of touch on in this podcast is that 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 losing someone um, is hard. Don't get me wrong, it's very hard, but you not talking about it and being open about it is going to really screw things up later on down the line, uh, down the track, okay? So we're talking about, you know, frustration, anger issues, um, you know, you don't have, you have a very negative outlook on everything. Um, you start, you know picking apart other people and you start blame blaming stuff on other people that wasn't you and then you revert back to oh it's because I have bad luck or I or um you know um I've uh I've always had no money or you get like I was saying before you get trapped in this and that's that whole thing of like uh poor me poor me poor me Rada, 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 and, and, and it's just a really big flow-on effect of, of all these different emotions that come out at different certain times. So, you know, you almost fall into like this personality disorder because you can't deal with your emotions. And even though you might not be, they just come out and you don't know how to deal with them properly. So, for instance, you know, having a, I always used to, in arguments, always just like get into an argument and like I couldn't lose the argument. And you could call that stubbornness, but it's just because I was bringing shit up that I didn't even 
um, know was coming out and it was just like directed at the person and then, and then it ended up turning that conversation into something about something else because I was using that to feel feel the argument with stuff I had dealt with before. So whether it was mum, the domestic violence as a kid or the abandonment stuff, it was all coming up um, and it was always directed at certain people that I loved in my life, which obviously eventually started driving them away whether that be friends, family, relationships and stuff like that. And that's how it worked. And, and it's going to come out even with jobs. You're at a job and you just don't see eye to eye with people because you've got issues from the past that you haven't dealt with. So, you know, your choice of words or that tone of voice and things like that come out and they're, and they're, they're not nice. Um, it's, uh, it's, just, it's just not a good way to be. And people start seeing you as a different person, even though that you might have been the loveliest person in the world, like, this slowly continues and it starts filtering through to other areas in your life, um, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's just not, it's just a really toxic place to be in. Um, so, so that's where I was for, for a long period of time. Um, and don't get me wrong, I, had, I, I still had a lot of fun and laughing and, you know, I had some good times um, when I got back from England and around that time when I moved to Australia. But I was just so... This is the next big one is I was just always looking to be validated. Like I have been since I was a kid. I don't know what it is or where that come from. I'm still trying to figure where that one's coming from. Um, and it was, I, I, I honestly think it's sort of from when, you know, um, I thought I had a very tough upbringing. I felt like I needed to sort of justify that uh, my upbringing was fine. And my way of doing that was like, look at me, I'm fucking good at this, good at this, good at this. And I think that's why I've also competed my whole life or I've done something that will give me recognition. And now I sort of look back and I'm like, you didn't really need to do any of that. Like, you've always been a, a nice, um, loving person. You just really got caught in a bad sort of toxic sort of world where you couldn't, uh, you didn't have the strength or the people around you to sort of bring out that, um, bring out that that suppressed stuff you've had for so long so that was sort of yeah what I wanted to touch on in this episode so yeah the passing um, of my mother at 20 was obviously the I think the majority of the catalyst of me suppressing everything for good and it's only been the last sort of 12 just over 12 months where it started coming out a lot more and I've done my own work and I actually realized the triggers now and my awareness around Certain things, conversations, or if someone says something, it's 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 more, it's not negatively geared now. It's like okay, that's all right. Like it's this is this is what I used to do as well, and I, I start picking up on people's stuff that um, that I used to do. Um, so yeah, if anyone's sort of been through that, like I, I highly recommend. Like at the time, it's very hard, but I highly recommend that uh, you go, you talk about it. As soon as they arise, too. So you don't want to think of, I had that thought, I'm going to press it and I'll go talk about it another time. If you're in the car or you're, you know, you're doing something and you feel that, like just ring someone up. Like if you've got good friends, ring them up and be like, hey, man, can I talk to you about something for a while? I just want to get this off my chest. Getting it off out of your, out of your, your system straight away, they'll build their awareness even more. So when it comes up, get it out. Get it out. And don't go suppressing it with thrashing yourself in the gym. That's something else we want to talk about as well as, okay, 
had these feelings, I'm just going to thrash myself in the gym or do all this hard workouts or, you know, beat myself up with nutrition and things like this to suppress it. Just go talk about it. Bloody hell, ring me. I'll sit down and have a chat with you. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of that. And I know a lot of people probably have some questions on this because everyone goes through losses in their life, which is fine. Um, they all come at different times. But, yeah, my advice on that sort of uh, area is, you know, looking back now is if you know someone is probably going to be the key. So if you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you know someone has gone through some a loss, be use your obviously your awareness around it a bit more to be like, hey, I need to check in. Okay. And and you, and you don't have to feel like it's like, hey, I'm just checking in on it, see if you're right, because you don't want that. That's what I used to hate, or people going, Are you doing okay? Because everyone used to say that. It's more like just ring up, have a chat, and if the conversation goes down that way, cool. Other than that, you just had a chat and they feel like they're sort of you know, still a normal person because there's lots of bad thoughts that go through your head when you go through those situations and some of them aren't, aren't the nicest ones. So just having that thought that someone wants to chat to you about anything is, is, is beautiful sometimes. So, you know what I mean? And we're just going to go for another five minutes and I'm going to sort of... Sorry, just drinking the coffee. Um, talk about using... Getting stuck in the past or getting stuck too much in the future stuff so for me when mum passed away it's all I used to think about even like I still think about it every day now but I know that it's it's in the past and you know nothing's changing but I know that that feeling is still there don't get me wrong but I used to use all the past stuff as fuel fuel to you know um, for excuses to not do things well or um, to be, to have fights with people, verbal stuff, and, and be quite like aggressive towards people with that type of thing is because I'd use all these things for fuel and then I'd blame it on them. So I was like, oh, it's because I, this happened to me or because th- this has gone on in my life, that's why I'm this person. It's like, no, that's, that's, that's the worst thing. And, and, you know, that's why I'm in the position where I am now is because um, in the last 12 months, obviously going through separation and things is because I... I hadn't fucking healed any of it. It just kept coming up. So I was living in the past for like eight, nine years. And I was like wishing, like, oh, I wish I could go back there. I wish my mom was still around. I wish this and this would be so much different. And I was like, yeah, it would have been, but it's not. So fucking move on. Get going. Sort your shit out. Keep your head up. You've got plenty of opportunities. You've got plenty of options out there. Just keep moving forward. And, you know, I got caught back and back and forth in that trap for a long, long time, um, you know. And then the next part is obviously getting stuck with the unknown. So, like, what's going to happen next for me? Like, what am I doing with my life? Like, what is it going to look like in two, three years? It's like, well, you don't know. You'll never know. If we all knew what the future how we'd fucking know everything, you know. Um, we'd be able to fix a lot of things, but you don't, so you can't live there either. So you get caught in those. So you start living in this reality of what you're created as a future or what you think is going to happen, and that just creates anxiety for no reason. 
And then when you're usually anxious, you start thinking about the worst things ever. And then you, you start mixing future and past together and it just becomes this bloody nightmare. And that's when you start going into that sort of downward spiral and it starts reoccurring more and more. When all you need to do is think, hey, you've got a lot of lovely people around you. There's a lot of support systems out there. You're going to have thoughts of the past. That's just how your brain works. But you need to think of all the good times. Don't think of all the bad shit. So if my mum comes into my mind now, I think about all the good times we had together, all the laughs, you know, the beers we used to have together, the chats, you know, her laugh, smile, all those good things because that'll make the past a much more um, easier thing to deal with and think about rather than thinking about all the negative stuff of why she's not here or why did it happen to me. It's like, well, we had such a good time all the time she was around. You know, she's such a lovely person. You start thinking about that and you don't, you, you, you're more aware when it comes up, you think about good things rather than negative things. And it's the same as the future. You can't, you don't know about the future. So what you need to do if you start thinking about, well, what's this uncertainty? Like, where's my life going? Like, I'm, I'm this old, but I haven't got this. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you don't have it at fucking 50. You can still get it. It does not matter anymore. You've got people starting new jobs at 50 and becoming multi-millionaires at like 55 and like a five-year turnaround. It doesn't matter. Like, don't get caught up in that world of like unknowing of like what's happening instead of like be more present. And if you do think about the future, think about like the, uh, whatever will bring you happy and that'll start manifesting and that starts getting in that subconscious mind. And then every time you think about that future, or you get caught in there, you're, you're a little bit more, it's, it's a lot easier to think about. You're like, okay, that, that's what I like to think, but I'm going to stay in the present. And if that happens, it's great. But, you know, you got to, you gotta, uh, today is today. You know what I mean? So that's sort of all I would sort of like to talk about in these podcasts is, is, is all that stuff, especially in the second episode. So um, getting caught from past traumas and then trying to run away from it, thinking about too much in the future. So. Again, I hope this one sort of hits home. Um, this is probably the hardest one for me to talk about. Um, and as you can see, I um, am much more open to talking about it and much more confident about talking about it because I've sort of I've dealt with uh, a lot of this stuff in the last 12 months on, you know. And I'm still on the journey now. I think you're always going to be on your journey. Uh, I'll be five years down the track and, I, and I'll probably have something will pop up about mum that will trigger something. I just know how to deal with it a little bit better. Um, so... Like I said, if you guys have any questions, make sure you want to reach out or um, probably the most people I've sort of listened to on, you know, future um, and living in the past is Peter Crones is very good at uh, um, the mind architect. He's called about um, that. Um, you've got like uh, Joe Spencer, um, Marcus, uh, Aubrey Marcus, sorry, is, is a great one to listen to just to, I think he would just, he just really calmed me down. He just, he's got this aura about him that like just makes you like really relaxed um, and, you know, stops you from sort of stressing about things. So all those guys, you know, manifesting, uh, meditation um, and sort of practicing those little things, I think will ha- it helps a hell of a lot, especially if you've got an active mind like I do. And those active minds can create bad situations because you overthink too much. So um, I'll leave it there. That's going to be uh, episode uh, two, and we'll still talk a little bit more into you know um, what life was like after 
Um, obviously, mum passing away, but that sort of, um, I think I hit home quite a bit with that one there. Of That one really changed. Um, that, that time, my life changed me for a long time. Um, and I sort of, you, you don't want to look at it as like you wasted all those years. It's just I lived those years not as optimal or, or I didn't have, I could have been much more happy um, and accepting um, the person I was, who I was, what I'd been through a lot more if, if I'd gone and got help a little bit earlier. So thank you for listening again. Make sure you guys share this because I know that it's going to hit home for a lot of people. And we're all about this, these podcasts, especially these five episodes, are just about helping people out. You know, people listen to this and go, oh, my sh- oh God, like, okay. Like, I, I went through that, like, a couple of years ago, and, okay, this is something maybe I need to do to sort of carry on the process of healing and things like that. So make sure you share it. Uh, we're almost at 10,000 downloads, which is which is really crazy. I haven't done a podcast for a long time, so people have been still listening. So hope this one, um, uh, like I said, hope, hope you guys really enjoyed this chat, and uh, I will see you guys next week. Thank you.